0: Greetings and welcome back to episode number 43 of the Kiss My Aesthetic Podcast. Today I'm talking to multi-business owner, mompreneur Morgan Motsinger of Lot 35 Homes, Sweet Bee Coaching, and Beach Box. And apologies in advance, but there is a tile saw going on outside. That's just where we're at. In this episode, we talk about time management as well as starting all the different brands that she has and how she has kind of rethought of her day-to-day schedule in a way that gives her more space for creative thinking. If you are a productivity junkie or you're feeling super, super overwhelmed, you're going to get a ton of value out of this episode. We also mentioned the book Atomic Habits. I will make sure to get you that link in the show notes. It's something I've been listening to on Audible, and I highly, highly recommend. We also reference an older podcast episode I've done called How to Batch Your Week as a Brand Designer. That's episode number 19, in case you wanted to go back through all the past episodes and binge stuff from the beginning. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Kiss my aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands for social media-minded entrepreneurs, and you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have triple business owner, double brand design client, Morgan Motsinger. Morgan, I don't even know. Say Morgan of of Lot Thirty Five, Morgan of Sweepy Coaching, Morgan of Beachbox. Like you've got so many different entities now, which we will be getting into. You can say Morgan of the Motsinger Empire. <laughs> honestly, though, honestly though, that's where we're getting to, which is like not a bad problem to have. Um, but tell the people who you are and what you do primarily or tertiarily three <laughs> would be the three version of that. Um, and kind of what your, how you got started is what I'm most interested Sure, in. yeah. So uh, I live on the
1: Oregon coast. My husband and I own
0: a construction and
1: interior design company together, which also has a little arm of that in a retail store where we sell like the cutest home decor and then like a little furniture sh- or a design showroom with all of our tile samples and kitchen cabinet samples and all that fun stuff. Um, but we serve uh, clients in this area in residential interior design and construction. Um, and we specialize in designed for special needs families. So creating homes that are safe and functional, comfortable and inviting for families with special needs children. And then I also own Beachbox, which is a concessions trailer that's parked right on the beach about 30 minutes south of us. Um, and out of that, we sell all of the necessary bonfire supplies for like the best beach day ever. So we have gourmet s'more kits with all these really yummy flavored marshmallows and graham crackers and, um, firewood and matches and fire starters, and then super comfy clothing to make sure that you're nice and toasty warm while you're hanging out on the coast. Uh, and then thirdly, I own Sweet Bee Coaching, which is a coaching business to um, empower and equip women to start their own businesses. So, being a business owner, um, I did not go to business school. I, when I started my business, I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and what I found for myself through that experience was how capable I was. And, uh, really was like one of the most empowering experiences of my life up to this point. And so I thought, man, I really want other women to feel how this feels when you can create something, uh, out of your ideas and support your family. You can make money doing it and you can schedule your life around the things that are the most important to you when you can run your own business. So that's those three. And who knows what's coming? Just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> like,
0: no, but lot. if we go back to like the Morgan Mott singer empire, just hearing you describe it. And we just went live on Instagram as well. So if you want to catch the first part of this interview, it's on there. But what I'm noticing is the common thread between all of these It's really centered around like getting that time back with your family. Whether that's in your home and feeling comfortable and safe and nurtured and warm and inviting, or it's making those memories out of the beach, or it's helping a mom get back to like having control of her time. Like, I think any business that you started under that mission statement would be totally valid under the way that everything, you know, operates with each other. But in approaching your branding, the first time we worked together on Sweet Bee Coaching and you had come to me after we know each other mutually through my mom and said, hey, I'm starting this coaching business and I don't want to look like everybody else and I don't want to DIY it. What was your reasoning for those two things? And and how did you know that the branding, what qualities did you really want to hone in on on the branding for Sweet Bee?
1: Well, I feel like I, I'm very, obviously I'm an interior designer, so I'm very driven by like the aesthetics of things. And there's, you know, there's a lot of, like scientific evidence to back up color theory and how colors impact us. When and I like things to be really nicely organized and reusable across a bunch of different, um, you know, platforms and um, uses. And so I had DIYed a logo before, and it was fine, but it wasn't definitely wasn't awesome. And I wanted to I wanted to present myself as an expert in my field, somebody that really knew that really had their stuff together, and that people could feel confident that when they saw um, something of mine somewhere else, like they knew it was me. And so it all tied back together. Uh, So just to create like a cohesive brand experience um, for clients to just really make people feel really good (laughs) when they were around my brand.
0: Absolutely. It's so interesting working with coaches as well, because and really across a lot of my clients is everybody kind of lists the same brand adjectives to start, but we have to really kind of do some like deep dive and figure out, okay, what is exactly what we're honing in on? Because everybody wants to be like trustworthy and efficient and reliable and an expert. Like these are kind of those obvious qualities, but I think what we got to do with Sweet Bee was really get into kind of more of that like natural, happy, uplifting. And I think because I followed you for a while and like knew your personality, we could embed that in the branding in a way that felt approachable for moms, like and felt like it met that ideal client avatar, where that branding feels like you know like a new spring line at Target kind of vibe to it, right? Which had a little bit more of a, how would you say the branding for Sweepy is different than the branding for Lot Thirty Five?
1: Oh man, that's so the branding for Lot Thirty Five is uh, tricky because it has to combine like the very stereotypically masculine part of like the construction with the feminine, you know, more stylized part of the design. And so uh, even though we didn't have you design our logo, I, I had enough of my wits about me to know that I really wanted our logo to be meaningful and to somehow communicate both of those things. So the way that I did that was by combining the um, hexagon with the ferns. So the ferns are obviously like a pretty big nod to the Pacific Northwest, but there's also something really like wild and free about ferns, but they're also so, um, organized and, symmetrical. and so, yes. And symmetrical. And then like the hexagon is just like such a perfect, like it feels good in my brain, you know? And so I felt so much like that's the combination of those two elements of this business is like, you have to have like that wild creativity and like thinking about doing things differently, but you absolutely have to have structure to make a project um, work.
0: And same goes then for Sweet Bee as well. We use that as a springboard, really. We have a version of the Sweet Bee logo that also uses a hexagon that also uses like hand-drawn botanicals. But I think it was such a nice thing to see the two side by side where Sweet Bee, you can definitely tell we're getting at a different kind of audience. And then we do that again, getting towards Beach Box of kind of pulling in those, those interior design roots. I think it's still very clear in the Beach Box branding that this isn't just like your stereotypical like um beach town touristy item kind of brand but it feels a little more a little more elevated tell us about who your like ideal consumer is for beach box beach box is
1: for anybody that um wants to spend their time on the beach longer connecting with the people that they love and the best you know some of my best memories from my childhood we're camping and being around the bonfire and, you know, getting your hands all sticky from the s'mores. And so being able to somehow like carry that feeling into the customer experience is really, really important to me. And I think that that kind of trickles down into like the customer experience across all of our businesses is finding ways to surprise and delight our clients at every turn is just, is really thrilling to me because it all comes back to like that positive, happy vibe that I, when people come in contact with us, I want them to go away with a sense of like, man, like that felt really good. And I feel like that in my personal life too is like always looking for opportunities to make a joke with somebody or like cheer them up. Or if you know there's a super long line, like I'm gonna be the person that's like, hey, it's totally fine, like that. I had to wait, no big deal, because my personal uh, mission is to just make other people's lives like better and happier.
0: I think it was around the time that we were designing the the exterior of the concession stand that you were building a deck. Is that right? At your house? Or doing some kind of woodworky stuff, like back patio, and you had been sharing about the woodworking, and I was like, oh my gosh, this has to be it. And so in the concepts for the trailer, I totally, we were, to- you said, yeah, go for it. I don't really have anything in mind, but like whatever you come up with, let's see what you can do kind of thing. And I said, you've got to trim it out like an old school, like surfer's woody. Van like it's got to look like one of these cool surf trucks, and now you're in the process of like bringing all of that to life. How's it going? It's going pretty good.
1: Um, the easy part is (laughs) is all of the basic like logistics, and I've I've noticed that for myself on all of these businesses is like when you're really in the mix of it and you're excited about it and you're like doing the brand and you're thinking about the customer experience and you like getting all the wheels moving and it's chugging along and it's building momentum, and then it's time to like implement stuff is where I like creatively just kind of fall off the wagon and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore when it comes down to like actually following like the standard operating procedures and like keeping things moving along is where I'm like, I won't, I'm out. But that's I mean, that and I, that's good to know about myself because then that helps me hire correctly for the things that I need people to do.
0: Yeah, we talked about that on Instagram as well. And I think the longer that you're in business and the more that you're like self-reflective, like you're not running from deadline to deadline, like you're not. The great thing about what I do is like brand design is not brain surgery. So like no one's going to die if they get their logo on Friday versus Monday. And so sometimes it's reminding people, but it's also about setting like realistic expectations, not only with your client, but with yourself. It's like, when do I perform best? And what are the things I'm not good at? Because creativity, as we know, is like not a light switch. You can just like turn on and off when you need to use it. So how do you budget your time so that your creative time is most creative and the time where you just have to do those like mundane emails and invoicing and like the stuff that's not as fun? How do you ensure that both of those get done in your busy schedule, owning three businesses and being a mom?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, I think with all of this, I know we talked about this in the IG live, but to approach so much of my life with curiosity and a a mindset that it's just one grand experiment. So instead of like trying to get it right the first time, like that's impossible. So just experiment with it and see what works, see what doesn't see what's useful. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about finding out what's useful to you, where you're at in your life right now. So something that would have worked for me, you know, six months ago, in my schedule, if I was sticking to that rigidly now, like I would be driving myself nuts. So it's, you know, that's the ebb and flow of life's changes. And even like where you're at personally with whatever you're dealing with in your life, or, I mean, for women, it's where you're at hormonally over the month, like you have peaks of creativity and not, and until you really get a hold on your, um, your schedule, which I know we're going to talk about in a minute, but until you get a hold on that, sometimes there's just not the brain space to even think in that realm of scheduling your life the way that you want to, because it just always feels like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing?
0: Absolutely. This is a big concept that they talk about in Atomic Habits, which I'm listening to on Audible right now. And they talk about kind of habit stacking in a way if there's something that you know you have to do how do you stack the things around it with the stuff that you want to do so like either making better habits making better choices for me that's like I know I have to exercise my dog and I know I have to eat breakfast and I know I really like eating breakfast outside so it's like okay we're taking a breakfast burrito to the dog park like we can check all those boxes at once and then it kind of becomes all three of those things kind of get taken care of together so talk us through your newfound structure for for organizing your week and the rocks analogy, because you have this really great analogy for how we fill up our time. Sure.
1: Um, The analogy is not mine. It's like decades old, I think. But um, sometimes, you know, you hear something over and over again, and sometimes it just clicks. There's that tipping point where you're like, oh my gosh, like that makes so much sense. So what was the first place, the first thing that you asked me to start with?
0: How you structure your week. What was the tipping point of like, I have so much going on and I feel like I'm not doing a good job at all the things and something has to change. Like, when did that happen? Because it was pretty recent. And then how did you figure out like, I need to approach this differently? I just
1: knew that something had to change because I couldn't keep doing things the way that I was. I just, it was like, I was never actually where I was. I was never present because I was always thinking about the other things that I needed to get done. And that was showing up in ways that I really didn't like. Um, when it came to exercise for myself, my eating habits, how I was like sleeping, I was going to bed so late because I was just always like onto the next task and never just cut myself off because I was like, if I can, then I should. It was a really big like mindset blockage for me. And so I was definitely like putting things on my calendar, and I always had a running to- do list that just never, actually went away. Uh, And there wasn't ever um, a good way for me to prioritize to those tasks. And so the analogy is, is that if you have a jar, and the jar is 24 hours, you only have so much space in there. And you have big rocks, and you have little rocks. And the big rocks are the things that are really important to you in your life. So it could be um, family, it could be personal care. I mean, it should actually be all of these things, family, personal care, um, big goals in your business, you know, big creative dreams that you have, like what things do you want to learn about uh, or education? Yeah, those, curiosity. Those are all, yes, those are all big rocks. And then all the little rocks are the minutiae of the day. This is like how I got to clean my house. I need to like keep my kids alive. I mean, that's not minutia. That's a big rock. But um, <laughs> all, the, all the little things like make doctor's appointments. And then for business, it's like all the emails that you have to do all the back and forth communicating with, you know, contractors or employees. It's all of those little things that just kind of like slowly eat away at your day. And the idea is, is that if you put all of those little rocks in first and then you try and put the big rocks in, there's no room for them. Or there might be room for one of them, but you're not putting putting in the things. So then you go, you know, a week, a month, a year, 5 years and you think, what have I even done? Like have I made any progress? And this is for me, it was like none of these motivators were sticky for me ever, like a motivation to uh, lose weight or a motivation to eat healthy or a motivation to even schedule my time. Like none of those things ever stuck. And I think the reason is because my brain was always using so many calories, holding the to-do list up here and always thinking like, oh, I don't want to miss something. I don't want to miss something. Even if I had it on my phone, it was still somehow rolling around up in here. And it was like, if we think about our brains, like a computer processor, and we're using it for storage, that's a problem. And we have a really great like external hard drive that we can store all that stuff on called our schedule. And our to-do list becomes tethered to our schedule when we combine the to-do list task with a time. So if I say like, oh shoot, yeah, like I need to email my client. It's rolling around up here. If I say I'm gonna email my client at 7.45 AM and it's gonna take me five minutes, all of a sudden it gets out of here and it stays out. And then when you have space up here, that's when you have the availability for that creativity. You have the availability to be dreaming big. You have the availability to even increase your self-awareness to pay attention to your patterns. Like what you were saying is like, you know that you want to eat breakfast outside and you're going to walk your dog or take him to the dog park. Like sometimes you can't even think about those things because your head is so full You can't even see your own patterns. You can't see any of that because you're so it's so stuck up here. So when you get it out of there, then you can start to pay attention to patterns, see where you can combine like tasks and really make progress on the things that are important to you.
0: Well, and they talk about this in Atomic Habits as well, where they say that people with lots of self-discipline rarely have to use self-restraint. So people who have discipline. It's because you're, dis- you're disciplined because you've scheduled, you've made your life the way that you want it. It's not that they have extraordinary willpower beyond anybody else's willpower. It's just that they don't have to use their willpower that much because everything else is kind of running automatically. And, and I think how we relate this back to branding and marketing is like, if you make your marketing part of your process of doing your job, then it doesn't have to feel like it needs to live in another category. So for me, like live streaming my logo process is like that logo has to get done and now i've made it part of my marketing to be like actually i'm going to show how i do this and get people involved in the process and that's become like really natural for me and now i look forward to that wednesday evening live co-work put on a candle and drink a nice cocktail and do my work because it's more of like this communal thing and so i love that idea of like with branding as well right where If you don't have your branding dialed in, you're going to end up spinning your gears in all these directions that actually aren't getting you closer to the actual point of having a brand, which is like making money and making sales versus you hire someone to come in and do your branding. Like, let me give you the ingredients to cook with so you don't get lost grocery shopping like let's stick with what we've got and then you can get creative. And then we can add in a little bit over here and a little bit over there, but at least the basics are covered. It's the same thing with like a capsule wardrobe or anything else, right? Like standardizing and reducing the amount of decisions we have to make actually gives you more space to think creatively. Then it's kind of like the opposite is true. Is like, you'd think that that would be limiting. Is like, oh, I'm only going to stick to these six colors and four fonts. It's like, yeah, because like, the colors yeah. and fonts weren't the point. It was actually the content. Um, And I think that's where people get lost. So I'm all about it. But yeah, the book, I highly recommend. It's so
1: good. And something else that I would add into that is the idea that you can't do something like this with your time blocking or your scheduling because it's going to be too rigid. That is not the point of it all. The point is, is that is a fluid and flexible system. So you just figure out like, again, going back to like, I'm going to approach this with curiosity and experimentation and I'm going to see what works. And every week I am tweaking my ideal week. And I'm like, making notes to myself about what worked that week and what didn't. Like, why did I think that scheduling a block to write emails between 4.30 and 5 when I know my kids are nuts, so like waiting for dinner, like why would I do that to myself? So next week, I'm going to do it differently and it's going to be better and I'm going to improve it over time.
0: Absolutely. I think that that's such a useful lesson. And it's like, I think it's still something that people like need to be reminded of, because when I was like digital nomad traveling, like my amount of time I had per day to work was like very little. And so if I had an opportunity of three uninterrupted hours in a hotel lobby or in an airport, I was going to use those to work because I wanted to go to a museum that afternoon. So for me, it was more of like that tug and pull of like work and reward then you get hit with the pandemic and I was like working myself to exhaustion like 18 hours a day. Cause I was like, well, now's the time to go. I don't have a social life and like nothing's happening. So like I guess I'll just work. And so now coming back out of that, I've kind of had to reapproach it and be like, actually, I need to schedule in my funds in a weird way like my friend literally sent me an appointment reminder on google calendar for brunch on sunday (laughs) and she's like you're coming to brunch with me like i I, like you have no excuse it's been on your calendar all week and i was like okay thank you because it's so true like especially if you if you're creative and you love what you do it's hard to feel like you want to walk away sometimes because that is also like you get so much affirmation from doing what you do well do you have this feeling
1: yeah, I absolutely do, and I think what I've what I've noticed is, like, I would call it um, buffering. So, like, when I have something to do and I'm buffering because it's hard, uh, of you know, sometimes people scroll through Instagram or they flip on Netflix and they mindlessly watch it. My tendency is to just work, and so I have to be really cognizant of that myself when I see like, oh, the reason that I'm working so hard right now is because I don't want to deal with this other thing. Um, And so even having like my time scheduled like this has really reduced that too, because it has naturally reduced my stress in such a big way that like you were saying that when, um, when you have things scheduled out there is there, you don't have to resist so much. Uh, You don't have to have the self-discipline because all of those things are taken care of. So it's the same, it's the same way for me. It's like, there's so much relief already just, stress-wise that a lot of those habits that I was doing consistently because I was stressed out have just disappeared.
0: And they talk about this in the book too, is that when you have those guidelines in place, it becomes much more natural and easy to know what aligns and what doesn't align. Just like when you have great branding in place, you know what collaborations align and don't align, what opportunities align and don't align. The example he gives is like, if somebody is offered a cigarette and they say, no, I don't smoke anymore versus no, I'm not a smoker. Like somehow your habits do form a lot of your identity. So it's like there's so much more power in the difference is like that could be the same person saying those sentences. Like, no, I'm not a smoker versus no, I don't smoke anymore. The second one is kind of you're still opening the door of like, well, that's something I used to do, you know, versus just like going full into the identity of like that doesn't align with where I'm trying to be it's the same thing. It's a lot of like the money manifestation and business manifestation and abundance mindset. Like it's all the same stuff, just kind of repackaged. But it is interesting. Like, I think when you listen to these kinds of messages in your life, like by osmosis, I feel like it seeps in. So this is, that's the fourth thing I did while I was at the dog park. So it was like dog park, eat breakfast, be outside and listen to a podcast. So somebody else is probably like, you're psychotic, like do less. But for me, it's like, these are the things that they now we're having a conversation about it. So they kind of do trickle and flow into each other. And that's fun for me. I I wonder if you're master multitasker as well, or you really try to stick to just one thing at a time.
1: Um, It depends on if I'm in a focus block or not. So one of the things that I have in my calendar is every day I have at least every one of my work days, I should say, I have at least one 90 to 120 minute focus block where I ahead of time have planned what I'm going to use that focus block for but that's one of those things that can contribute to like what my big goals are. So I'm going to spend that time. I have all of my notifications turned off. I have my phone turned off. Like everything is quiet. I put on classical music and I just focus on that one thing. So during those times, yes, extremely focused on that. Other times, like, yeah, you get to see what activities can complement one another um, as you're doing that. But I think the goal in all of this is just to, to be intentional ahead of time instead of trying to figure out in the moment, like, how do I best utilize my time right now? Or like, what do I pay attention to next? It's like, if you think about that ahead of time, it just, redu- it just, It gives you one less thing to do.
0: Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I totally agree. The last bit that I kind of want to harp on, which is something maybe because I'm just curious because I've been dealing with it lately, is like your time spend on activities that are best suited for your skill set. So for me, like, I love talking to clients and I love getting started on projects. And so if I notice that there's a task that I'm either A, not good at or number or B, like, isn't a revenue generating opportunity. Like I start to resent that task a little bit and be like, this isn't a good use of my time. Um, So I'm wondering how you tackle those in your three businesses of like, what's something that you've kind of come to heads with where you're like, I feel like I could be doing this differently. Like how often do you audit your own expenditure of your time?
1: So I have on my schedule on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, I have a block set aside for process improvement. And that has been really helpful too, because I've tried to figure out like what things can I delegate to other people and how can I provide the training for that in a way that doesn't have to be repeated. So using things like Loom to do screen recordings and voice recordings as you're doing a task, you save it in there and then you make it accessible to whoever needs to do that task for you, whether it's an employer or, or a contractor. Um, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. And that's, I think that's the goal of all of it is like figuring out how can I make this process repeatable by somebody else and remove myself from that task completely. But no, it's hard when, especially for somebody that's a solopreneur, who is used to doing all the things all the time, and that same kind of mantra of, if I can, I should, you have to stop it. You have to figure out a way to say, okay, I'm going to, and I know it takes more time on the front end to slow down and do those steps, but you're saving yourself like a world of time going forward when you don't have to keep repeating those tasks. It's not very productive.
0: Oh my gosh, totally. If somebody, if everything you just said, somebody's like, yes, I need help with that. How can they get in touch with you to work with you for coaching, interior design? Where can they find beach box? How can everybody get into the Morgan Matzinger empire? Yeah,
1: so Instagram is kind of where it's at. Um, I do check my email frequently, but Instagram is Oregon Beachbox for Beachbox, obviously, Sweet Bee Coaching, um, and then Lot 35 Homes. As far as teaching the course that we have affectionately dubbed Lose Your Shit, uh, if you want to learn how to do an ideal week, do big rocks and time blocking, I'm not exaggerating when I say that is going to massively change your life if you do this. And the nice thing about it is, like, you don't have to buy any fancy planners. You don't have to do any of that. You have all the tools that you need, whether it's a paper planner or uh, your electronic planner, but just learning that process and implementing it from day one, absolutely changed my life. So if you're interested in that, you can find that at morganmotsinger.com forward slash lose your shit. And we are going to be launching that program here before too long. So go ahead and get on the email list so that when that comes out, you can get notified.
0: Heck yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Morgan. Everybody, please go be sure to follow Morgan at all of her businesses and check the show notes for those because we'll include them. But until then, uh, we'll catch you next time on the podcast. Thanks, Morgan. Oh my gosh, you're the best. I'll hire you for my next business too. Heck yeah. I'm about it. Cool. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and follow us on apple podcasts or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts don't forget to come on over to the kiss my aesthetic facebook group same name as the podcast and lastly if you're looking for those resources links or anything else we talked about on today's episode you can find those on my website mkwcreative.co slash kma pod catch you next time